Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Larry Crider here with the Larry Crider Leadership Podcast, where we learn these keys to leadership, these small things we can change in our lives that produce a huge difference in the future in our lives and those we serve. With me today is my friend Jose Jimenez from Activate Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Teen Haven for many years. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, Pastor Larry. Well, I was really looking forward to this because I've known you for many years and I've seen tremendous leadership qualities in you. So we want to talk about your story, your God story and how you came to Christ and where you grew up and all that. We'll get the kind of the story behind the story. A lot of people think this leader shows up and it just kind of happens. Right. We all know. We all learn step by step by step. So tell me your God story. Where did you grow up? Where were you born? How did you come to Christ? Talk to me. Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Yeah, it starts off, I was born in um, Salinas, Puerto, or Guayama, Puerto Rico, and wow. grew up in Salinas for three years. Sure. And then uh, my parents, we moved to Massachusetts, Holyoke, wow. Massachusetts, when I was three years old. And I spent five, six years there where um, there was many things um, that, has, that took place there. Uh, I think that started getting the ball rolling of just these experiences in life at a young age. I remember at around age six or seven, um, asking this question to my parents. I was, I was laying between them on the bed in their room, right. and I asked, what happens when we die? And at that moment, they just looked at each other and said, we don't know. So you had that sense of eternity in you at six or seven years of age. Yeah, and I believe, I believe, you know, it, it took place because my parents um, had a little study with some Jehovah Witnesses, and I believe that's where oh, my question came from. Interesting. And I remember just being upset that one, I didn't know, but I remember being upset that what, what happens? So yeah, in my mind, sure. as a six, seven-year-old, I felt that it was like a computer screen. You type, you delete, blank screen again. Right. And I remember just being like, why would I be born Sure. And then nothing happens when right. you die. Right. And so at six or seven years old, I remember um, just that feeling. And um, so then about eight years old, um, I mean, there's so many different things I could tell you, details that, you know, got me <laughs> at a place of just being upset with God, angry at God at a young age because things I was experiencing. Sure. So at eight years old, my mom and dad, they got an altercation, physical altercation, and I was always the one, I always find myself in the middle trying to be the peacemaker. The peacemaker. You know, wow. so I remember, you know, being in between them and, you know, he left and he left for a good amount of months. Um, and then months later he came um, and picked picked us all up in a U-Haul truck and um, we uh, really um, came to Lancaster in just one truck with all our furniture. Wow. You know, someone was in front, everybody else in the back, and we ended up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania in 1989. So how old were you then? I was eight years old. Okay. I was about eight, eight and a half years old. I was in third grade, and the second day we ended up in Lancaster, my father got incarcerated. Oh, my. Um, so now uh, we stood with 
a friend for a bit, and then we had to move out. So we ended up living at the mission. Um, homeless. Um, the mission as in? The Water Street Mission. Water Street Mission in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Interesting. Yes. And so now, the second day in Lancaster, my dad gets locked up. Um, we're living in the mission, and my brand new school is in front of the Water Street Rescue Mission. Really? And so now I have to deal with just the, the pain, the loss of my father uh, being in jail. Now I have to, you know, feel the the shame of yeah. an embarrassment of being homeless, and now I have to deal with, you know, um, the funny business of kids making fun of, right. you know, living at the mission and things like that, and you know, um, and so now in third grade, you know, having to, you know, kind of defend myself, and um, it was my I had an older brother, uh, he's a year older than it's me. I have a younger brother and two younger sisters. Sure. And so now um, these things are taking place. I, this friend of mine, Juan, he introduced me to um, the Water Street Youth Center. Okay. Um, it's called Teen Haven now, but back then it was called Water Street Youth Center. So I was in third grade, and for the first time, I walked into this building, um, and it was it was a safe haven. It was a refuge. Sure. You know, so that was after school camps. That's where a lot of my spiritual formation, you know, took place. And so now my dad comes out. In fourth grade, my dad comes out in fourth grade a year later, yeah. um, and it was an exciting time. I, I can remember when he came out, and so just excited. And then we got to move to a, a, a new place um, in fourth grade. And so in fifth grade, I remember sitting in the living room. My mom's across from me. My dad's to my right-hand side, and pounding takes place in the, in the door, and my dad finally gets up to check it out. By the time he gets out, the door busts open, and it was... All I see is jerseys and guns, you know, oh and, my. you know, it was the task, drug task force. And uh, they came in and um, arrested my father. Our house gets turned upside down and he gets locked up for six years. And now my mom, in those years, my mom, you know, she starts going to church. But I saw a lot of inconsistency, sure, you know. Sure. Um, so I, I, I get as you an adult now. You are a miracle, man, with all I, you've been through. Yeah, I get as age. an adult, you know, um, how hard it is as a single mom and sure. uh, five kids and trying to make sure. it. But I've seen a lot of ugliness, you know, where at church it was one way and right. at home it was a different way. And so with that, you know, I didn't see the the power of God, the hand of God of transformation, what I heard and read and, you know, heard in the messages sure. and I didn't see it. So growing up, I'm like, ah, I don't want to serve this Lord. That's not really right. changing anything. A lot of things took place within those years. You know, when you have, when you're in fifth grade and your dad gets locked up for another six years, now you're talking about fifth grade through 11th sure. grade. You're talking sure. about, you know, sports transition from um, elementary to junior high to yeah. permits to wrestling tour. There's all these different things that I didn't have that father uh, figure to look up to and um, and to celebrate with. This really helps me understand you because you're such a spiritual father today mm -hmm. to so many. And you've got a heart to be a spiritual father. And you've talked to me about that many times. Yeah. And so you didn't have that at all. So I can mm -hmm. see why this is such a, a huge revelation for you. And you live it out so well. Yeah. So then how did you, do you remember the time when you actually gave it all? Gave it all to Christ? Yeah. yeah. So my dad gets out my uh, the summer of my junior year. It was June, July of uh, my going into my junior year. I'm excited. I'm thankful. I'm like, at least he gets to see me graduate high school, right? Sure. You know, and so finally, um, November comes around. He gets to see me, me wrestle for the first time. And then the next week, I come home from practice, wrestling practice, 
take a nap upstairs, and next you know, I hear a lot of noise. And a cop comes in, barging into my room. I go downstairs, and everybody's in handcuffs. You know, oh my, my dad's in handcuffs, my mom's in handcuffs, my, my older brother's in handcuffs, my grandma's in handcuffs, my chihuahua is in handcuffs. It just <laughs> felt like everybody's in handcuffs. And, and so my dad and mom got locked up that year. So my dad gets locked up for another five years. And I was the interesting. I was able to build my mom out, and I was saving up for wedding rings. Yeah, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. Um, there was something in me that says, you know, one day I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. And so I was saving up, but I had to use that money to bail my mom out um, so that, yeah, she could come home and not be in in jail for that weekend, et cetera. Um, So now um, I graduate 1999. I was 17 years old. And I remember when I graduated, I said, you know what, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be a better father one day. I'm mm. going to be a, a great husband. Mm. But I wasn't serving the Lord um, faithfully. And so um, that summer, I met my wife. You know, we were, you know, she was, I was 17, she was 16, and yeah. we did it for a little bit. And then at 18 years old, I took a trip to Massachusetts just to get away for a little bit. And, and the enemy, there's several ways, you know, for drugs and alcohol for me was not something that the enemy could tempt me with. But my coping mechanism was just sexual morality. Mm-hmm. And I got exposed to a lot of different things as, as a child from pornography and really just being molested, right? You yeah. know, um, by different um, older people, you know. And so there's a lot of different things in my story details sure, sure. Um, that I had to go back and figure out how did I end up being this way? And I recognized how the enemy got a foothold in my life. And so, because uh, I grew up, people saying, don't do drugs, don't do alcohol, but nobody was telling me how to uh, remain pure. Wow. You know, and so in my mind, I'm not hurting anybody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm doing this, this, and that. So now, 18 years old, I go to Massachusetts, I get off the, the bus stop, and some females say, you know, come out. I was there that night, and I woke up the next morning. I was in a small bathroom in Massachusetts at my uncle's mm-hmm. house. They're, they're not believers. And I had an encounter with God. Mm. And so um, I'm in the bathroom. I couldn't recognize my face. I'm touching my face and my eyes and my pupils, and I could not recognize. And this is when I heard the Holy Spirit. Um, and the Holy Spirit said, and, I, and I'll give you some details because this is why I'm so passionate about why I do what I do. And right. the Holy Spirit said, um, you have HIV. And so at that moment, I, I said, Lord, I'm done. I'm done running. And I've repented. And the peace of God came upon my mm. life that day. Um, I returned home, took the test, came out negative. I know what I heard. I know God said, but I also experienced God's healing. Yes. You know, yeah. and so as soon as the results came in, I remember hearing the enemy say, you overreacted, you didn't have anything. Mm. And so I said, Lord, if I'm going to serve you, I don't want to be average. I want to be great. Mm. That's my first thing I said to the Lord. And he said, you will be great. You'll be the greatest servant of all. And so um, at that moment, I remember being, I went back to my childhood church, that's what I knew. And um, one day I was at a service and this um, prophet from Argentina was preaching. I'm hiding in the balcony upstairs and he calls me by name, you know, and I come down and he says, um, this is your last chance. You know, the Lord says that uh, he loves you so much, but if you leave the third day, uh, he's going to take you home. He says he'd rather take you home early than to allow you to waste mm. uh, on, on this earth. And I was embarrassed because, you know, and there's a lot of people there. 
And I'm like, I'm doing very well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the next couple months of my of that journey was was tough. The uh-huh. temptations were there, but what kept me was, if you leave, I'm taking you home. But what touched me so much was that God loved me. Yeah, that He would rather take me home early than to allow me to waste. And so that that word I see kept me grounded. Mm-hmm. And as I was starting getting scriptures in me, you know, there's a couple of scriptures that. I just that the, just anchored me to this day, 22 years in the Lord. Now it's I still go through them every single day. I have alarms on my on my phone, yeah. you know, that remind me every day. That, you know, the first one goes off at 10:27. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Luke 10:27, yeah. and the other one goes off at 3:56. Um, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust oh, in the Lord with that. all your heart yeah. and lean on not your not on your own understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him. He'll yeah. direct your steps. And, and then another one goes off at 609, Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good. Yes. By the proper time you reap a harvest of blessing, yeah. if you don't give up. And the last one that I go through every single day is Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God yes. and his righteousness. Everything else will be added on to you. Now, those were scriptures that anchored me. Right. And to this day, it's what anchors me. Yes. Because as a leader, I... I want to give up. As yeah. a leader, it's hard. As a leader, it's it's challenging. But do not grow weary. So God's promises yes. is what allows me to keep going these That's last fantastic. 22 years. So a key leadership principle is stand in the promises of God. God gives you clear words. And you've had these years ago, but day by day by day, they're real to you. You know, they energize you day by day. Now, let's talk about your leadership journey. Like, when did you first realize, recognize that you had a call to leadership? Yeah. And so I remember being at camp. I was at at a, at a camp, um, Watershed Youth Center camp, and we did, you know, we had to do some acting stuff. And sure. um, one of our skits, I ended up being a preacher, acting like I'm speaking in tongues. And and the counselor was like, "Wow, you you were great, you know, yeah, a great actor." But I remember one of my leaders says, "Man, if God really gets a hold of you, there's gonna be something special." And so what I've recognized is that even in my household, I wasn't the oldest because I had oldest brother, uh, but with my dad being absent, right. I had to be the mature one. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to take care of the family. I had mm-hmm. to be that peacemaker, you know, and so I always found myself in that place. And what I recognize is that whenever I would do something wrong, I would feel bad. Mm. <laughs> and I just started recognizing um, that there, there is something different. Because I'm not, I wasn't always obviously the tallest one, you right. know, with my height. Uh, I was always the loudest one. But I started recognizing the strength in my silence. And then um, wrestling, you know, uh, being a wrestler um, really showed a lot of the, capa- the capacity of being able to lead and being able to be a captain and sure. uh, be that good example and things like that. Um, now, when it came to um, like, the leadership within the church. I, when I gave my heart to the Lord at 18 years old and saw in scriptures how Jesus was such a great servant, he said, follow my ways. And the Lord said, you'll be the greatest servant. So for me, I just led in that capacity. So there's a lot of young people within in the church and I saw them, uh, they were there longer than me, but they were still fooling around. And that is why I said, Lord, if I'm going to serve you, yeah. I don't want to be average. I just want to sit right. down. So I just started serving. I, to this day, I tell people, you know, you may out preach me, but no one can out serve me. You know, that's just yeah. my heart. And so as I was just serving, you know, serving my leaders, um, serving people, I remember being being in, uh, in, in college when I was 17, 18 years old. And we took this, this class. Um, a group dynamics class and one of the things we had to do we went to the nursing home 
And so we did something for the nursing home cookies. But what happened there, I met this lady and I just committed myself to visiting her. And so I visited her for two years, every other Sunday. And I, I, I prayed for her. I wanted to see God heal her, but God did not heal her physically. But there was something that took place in her heart spiritually. And I started recognizing, you know, that my... just the ability to love people, to love God, love people, serve people. I just started recognizing in that place. So when I got saved, one of the first places I knocked was at Teen Haven. Talk to us about Teen Haven. So Teen Haven was, again, it was just a great place to be. Again, like I said, the camps, the after-school programs. And so there's a lot of leaders there that I just appreciated. And so when I got saved, I finally came to Teen Haven. And I just knocked. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. And I finally got it. And um, that 2000, summer of 2000, they offered me a summer job. And it was just an incredible experience for me um, to be able to have this opportunity to work where uh, I grew up since I was sure. eight years old in mm-hmm. third grade. And now 10 years later, you know, here I am, one of the counselors. And so then the school year came. Uh, they offered me a position there. And I served in a various position for 10 years, and then I became the director 10 years later. And I just transitioned from my Teen Haven director role uh, a couple months ago, and I'm on a new journey uh, as a young adult uh, director called Compass, and just helping them navigate what's next in their lives. Fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, I've been doing that for the last 21 years, and in the midst of that as well, I got saved. I was 18 at 20 years old, you know, then became a youth um, pastor uh, at the local church I was serving at. Um, And that came with different challenges, right? You know, because uh, I was going to, I grew up uh, going to a Spanish Pentecostal church and I didn't look like that. So in moments I I said, Pastor Larry used to say, I don't look (laughs) like a Christian. I don't look, I didn't, you know, the suits, you know. And when I first came to, I just, I I remember looking in the mirror like, Lord, I don't look like a Christian. But the special thing that the Lord was doing, He was transforming me from yeah. the inside out. Exactly. You know, and people exactly. couldn't a lot certain people couldn't see that, uh, right. but God was transforming me from the inside out, and I had to recognize uh, I had to recognize that. Yes. And so, um, then uh, as becoming youth pastor, there's different different challenges because certain people just didn't like what was happening. Here's right. this newer guy. Right. You know, God is just doing something special, um, and so I served and I served at that church as a youth pastor for ten years. Um, and then we transitioned um, to In the Light Ministry, and the Lord had me youth pastoring there um, uh, for a number of years. Sure. And so at that time, you know, I had a wife and two young children, you know, um, and now we're almost celebrating 16 years of marriage. And my son is 14, my daughter's wow. 12. Wow. And um, we just do ministry, we do life together as a family. Sure. Now, as you look back, as if somebody came to you 20, 25, and said, what did you learn back there that I could learn today? You know, I've heard you talk about servant leadership. I've heard yeah. that clearly. You know, leaders of servants, Jesus modeled that. We get that. Uh, what are some things you could look back and you would tell somebody younger and say, here's something you need to get. Here's something I learned maybe the hard way or however, but, uh, you know, because you're now a pastor, obviously, you have all these roles of leadership, Teen Haven, you know, in the light, and, and now, you know, serving as a senior pastor of a church. What are some things you'd say to a younger leader asking for input? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, there's moments, I think as, as, as young leaders, especially nowadays, you know, we have a lot of information, but we don't have um, the wisdom and the character. Um, and so one of the things that I had to learn uh, was that there's certain, as I was a power lifter, 
you know, I remember starting my powerlifting journey where I was like, I was not lifting, you know, the weights that I, right. when I finished that, you know, right. and, and I finished as a very strong um, powerlifter, but I had, I could not uh, try to um, attain the weight that would have crushed me. Right. And so as a young leader, um, today I recognize that there are certain weights that I thought I was ready for, sure. but I was not. And so I had to honor you know, um, the, the time that mm -hmm. our leaders put in and yep, they're not perfect, right. you know, and they're human, but they have a mantle, they have a call, they have certain experiences. And so one of the things that I also learned that I've, as a leader today, as an older leader today, um, I remember, you know, I thought I had some <laughs> creative ideas and they perhaps were creative, yeah. you know, but um, honor has to be the first thing okay. and respect has to be the first thing. And so one of the things I had to learn that, you know what? Yeah, God is going to strengthen me and I'm going to be able to, quote unquote, push some spiritual weights. Sure. Uh, but I had to wait, you know, and right. I had to, you know, do my spiritual exercises, you know, yeah. and I had to be faithful, you know, and there's certain things that um, needed to mold me um, because if God would have allowed me to try certain things at that time i would have blown it yeah you know i i, I wouldn't have the spiritual capacity the character the maturity yeah. to stay you know because okay. sometimes our our gifts and our talents and right. our passion get us in the door right um, but our character does not allow us to stay there that's good okay our gifts get us in the door our character does not allow mm -hmm. us to stay there heard you say the importance of learning to honor leaders even though Sometimes they're imperfect because every leader is imperfect, obviously. Uh, and just walking through that process with God. What about building a team? How, how do you do that? How did you learn to do that? I mean, you've got a great team. I've met some of your team members. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any no. secrets you we, got there? We have, a great, we have a great team. And you value the team members? I, 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 I appreciate, I love, I serve yeah. um, our team. And so I think throughout this journey, I remember as a young, um, as a young leader, starting at 18 years old, I, I was committed. I said, I'm going to serve my leaders, you know, to the fullest, to the best of my ability, because one day I'm going to have an opportunity to lead. Mm -hmm. And if the scriptures say <laughs> what you plant, you sow, or you, oh, you sow reap. what you reap, yeah, that's right. um, or you reap what you sow, excuse me, right. then I, as a 18 years old, because for me, when I read the Bible, I believe the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember saying that I'm going to, you know, um, serve my leaders because one day, if so God good. allows me to lead, that I pray that I can benefit and reap what I've been mm -hmm. able to sow. And so I remember I just served faithfully in every capacity. Uh, and it was hard and challenging and difficult. And and when you do that, you, you have people now saying, oh, brown nose, or, oh, hey, there's little pastor this. And there's, yeah, you know, yeah. but for me, it's like, as I read scriptures and, and trusted the Lord and also had vision for what was next, I served, yeah. you know. Um, but one thing for me, it was never like a, a stepping stone. It was never a step of stone. Right. It was the right thing to do, the righteous thing to do, the right. honorable thing to do. It was obeying Jesus. It was obeying the Lord. That's yeah. it. You know, and now, you know, I remember even um, in doing so, just I just served. Why? Because I also know as a, as a child, um, I have a heart for the next generation. As a child, I remember the pain. Yeah. Um, I remember um, the emptiness. I right. remember right. just so many different things. So... If I can remember those pains, then my heart then is to um, be a live a consistent lifestyle, mm. be a great leader, serve people well. Because mm. if people remember the negative, 
then they absolutely have to be able to remember the godliness. That's right. You know, so for me, um, in building a team, um, there's things I had to learn as well, you know, because I remember even being a senior pastor now and trying to build a team. And then I was trying to give everybody a voice. Right. You know, try to give everybody the same input. And um, it worked for a little bit. But that doesn't work. You got to have some strategic steps. You have right. to have a core. So right. I had to learn those things as well. Right. You know, I couldn't please everybody. That's a key leadership principle. You can't please everybody <laughs> please in everybody, leadership. You know, and you want to bring everybody along and all those things. So I had to learn um, how to love God, how to love people, but also how to have that core that's really going to protect the vision, protect our hearts, our family. Right. Um, and so, but I, I serve our, our people. They love me well. Um, but for me, I want to love them better. Right. Um, I want to find ways, you know, to sure. serve them. And, and so for me, it, it's really like I, I, I just try to model it so much in, in a way that um, that honors Jesus. You do. And, and out of that place, the Lord does miracles because the Lord has placed people in, in our lives, in our ministry, the people that we have serving today, the people that have the greater gifts. Because one of the things I, Pastor Larry, I always say, like, there's better leaders than me. Like there, I mean, like there's smarter leaders than me. But I think out of that posture of true humility and trust in the Lord, like God has brought forth people to complement, sure. you know, our strengths. You know, to people are different than you have gifts that you don't have. You bring those kind of people around you, and you do that well. I've met your team. You do that. You do that well. Talk about activate. Activate is A C T I V number eight, right? Yes, I love it. Got to got to have a little flavor there. I love that. So So talk about how that started, and just give us a little update on that. Yeah. So in my journey, you know, being a youth pastor, I remember starting. You know, so we're in Spanish church, and you started an evening um, English service. Um, and it, I was just doing amazing things. Young people were coming from all over the place. People were getting saved. It was an incredible um, season. Um, and then the, you know, the leaders asked, hey, you know, can you guys translate the service? I said, sure. You know, so we started translating. And then, so, you know, like within a couple of months, it now became another Spanish service, uh-huh. you know. Um, and young people were getting baptized. People were growing. But then, you know, they also started saying, okay, if they want to get involved in the church, you know, they got to change their clothing. They got to wear skirts. and kind of like the old wineskin yeah. and the new wineskin Jesus talked yeah. about. Yeah. And, and so for me, I was like, but that's not what God is doing. Right. You know, God is changing people from the inside out, right. you know. And so um, so God transitioned us from that. And so there's words spoken to us about, you know, planning a church for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just... Hit it in my heart, I'm like Lord, that, that's not me, and you know. So then we transition. We're youth pastoring somewhere else, and um, and again we're receiving words. And then one day I was actually at, um, playing with my kids at a park, um, and as I'm looking, I just got this burden. And I've been at this park plenty of times, and I've seen plenty of students and young adults, and um, but God just gave me this burden. And I'm looking at these young adults and teenagers, they're acting up, you know, their language, they're smoking. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um, I just felt my, my this burden and felt who is going to lead this next generation? Mm. Who's going to lead? And, and so in this burden, I said, I didn't ask the Lord, am I supposed to be doing something else? Because I knew um, our heart is for the next generation. But I said, Lord, what else? What more? What more do you want me to do? 
And so we, I just prayed about it. I told my wife. And uh, so this is about 2012. So then about a year and a half before launch, um, I said, all right, let's, let's do this. And so, uh, and praying through it, you know, um, started just, yeah, I spoke to our, my, my pastor and said, I just felt this is what the Lord is doing. And it was hard, you know, because, um, yeah, they didn't want to let us go, <laughs> right? you know. Um, and so we were, yeah, we were faithful. We were faithful. It's hard to, when you have some great capacity leaders and you're not getting paid, right? right you know, right, right. Um, but again, and then that's why for us, it's like, it's all about, it's been about faithfulness. So now they released us, um, but even before the release, just the planning, the prayer, and you know, what's the church name? We went through different, you know, church names, and the first one I thought was going, we we're going to stick was with One Way Church. Jesus is the way, the truth, and yeah, the life. Yeah. You know, the oh, and only way. And so, but then you know, the Lord um, really started starting something, and James one twenty two stuck out, and it was, "Do not want to be hearers of the word, but be doers." Oh. And that, and I just felt that, you know what? Yeah. Um, we need to not just hear it. We need to activate what God is doing. And so that's where the name Activate came that's from. That's good. You know, it's like, let's not just sit here and, and leave. Do something. Sure. The, the Lord is moving. So it's November 2014, you know, uh, we launched um, um, the church. Um, and uh, the the focus, you know, the heart, again, it's for the next generation. Not that we are a youth church, uh, but my call, my desire, uh, my focus is to help change the dynamic of adult mindsets. Meaning, mm-hmm. one, live consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's my challenge always. I need adults to live consistently. Why? Jesus is still on the throne. Right. He's still Lord and Savior. He is saving people. Right. He is still um, doing miracles. But what's happening is that the next generation is seeing adults not finish well. Uh-huh. And so my job is to remind adults that these young ones are watching and That's these good. seeds are important. Why? Because as a child, I saw the inconsistency right. and it hurt me. Right. You know? And so for me, it's, you know, uh-huh. uh, I want adults to live consistently, to trust God's word, um, to be real, not perfect, you know, but make progression, you know? And if you mess up, you know, live consistently by telling that young person or somebody else, you know, like, I messed up or my attitude wasn't good. And so for me, you know, being a, a leader uh, and a husband and a father uh, and my kids, um, one of my goals, my goal is not, in life is not to be the greatest pastor, uh, Pastor Larry. Uh, my goal, or to be the greatest director, my goal in life is to be the greatest father. That's awesome. You know, awesome. so now I have an 18 year focus, you know, so I know my target. Um, so I'm not trying to, you know, grow the church or do so much stuff online for the no no my target is to be consistent for eight for the first 18 years of my children's life talking about legacy you know and i just know that if i'm able to live consistently within my home that's why i tell people if you want to know who i am and what i'm about don't ask my leaders ask my children exactly ask my wife exactly you know and so out of that i can have confidence Mm. you know um because again like i said there's more talented people than me um but if i could live consistently um, because in my household, as with my children, and you know, you know the the, sure. the timeline with PKs, etc., and right. that stigma. I, I want our household, and I always tell our family, we just don't want to be a a, a, a Christian family. We want right. to be a Christ-centered family. Yes, you yes. know. And so th- we live a life of we live a missional life, and so our children would know. You know, if we're out eating, 
dad is gonna ask the waiter waitress hey can we pray for you sure you know and so this is how we live our lives and so for me you know it's not just about god rescued me god rescued me and my family and now my children are not experiencing you know uh, the things that i've experienced the generational curses mm. are broken Amen. the enemy does not have that stronghold you know my ch- grandchildren you know are going to be you know um powerhouses for the kingdom of god and so with that target um has allowed me to stay focused mm-hmm. um not just thinking about the moment because now in age every you know with social media everybody wants to be you know social media famous and all that stuff right. and so it's tempting you know and it feels sometimes when you're not doing all that it feels like man i need to do more but if i did not have that target of being able to make sure that i'm uh, faithful for the first 18 years of my ch- children's life i'll be looking for a different speaking engagement and all these different things but if i could stay focused it's so good you so know good. um not only my children can be blessed, the watching world, right? the social media world, everybody's watching That's right. how I'm living my life, how I'm loving my wife, how I'm loving my right. children. You do it well. and, I, and I just know that the Lord is using that to make an impact all over. And so yesterday I turned 40 years old, you know, catching up to you, Pastor yeah, Larry. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> and one of my things, you know, I post, you know, I say, you know what, this year for my 40th um uh, year, I want to bless forty households, forty families. You know, private. S- send me your name and an address, and throughout this year, I'm going to pray with with you, and I'm going to bless you. And so the response I, I got got back, and so I'm just looking forward even for this awesome. 40th year. I just know there's going to be great great breakthrough. And I'm that type of person where it's like, Lord, why me? Who am I? You know, you know. So I always wrestle. I always I always tell people, you know, you know. I always felt like Joseph. And I also had my challenges as Moses, lacking the confidence, you know, my own abilities, you know, but God has shown to be faithful mm-hmm. these last 22 years, you know, not by might, not by my power, but by His strength, by His power, by His mercy and grace. You are so refreshing. It's so refreshing hearing your story, hearing your heart, hearing your passion and your love for your family. And I mean, you've got your priorities at the right place. And that's so key in leadership. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you, get a hold of Activate Church, you have a website? Yeah, if you go to Activate Lancaster, A-C-T-I-V-8, Lancaster.com, um, or find us on Facebook, Activate Church on YouTube, Great. You know, you'll be able to find ways to connect. Um, God is just doing amazing things with within the church, the church family. It's just exciting what God is doing at Activate. That, that's fantastic. We'll get it on the show notes, and everyone, you can check the show notes and all the information. Get hold of Jose, get a hold of Activate a church, anything that God would be connecting for the future would be fantastic. If there's one more thing you'd want to share with leaders, I mean, this has been so refreshing. I mean, you've experienced so much. You've experienced, you know, the new wine of the new believers, the younger generation, and then the new wineskin, the new kind of church. And you'll be sending people out in the future to do the same thing, obviously. That's your heart. Mm-hmm. Love your heart for the next generation. Your heart to be real, the real deal. You didn't experience that when you grew up. And, but, you know, God takes these, whatever we've gone through and turns it around for good. And I see that in your life so much. You know, you've always been refreshing, you know, always having, and you've, you've had a heart to be mentored, you know, and various people got brought into your life at different times. But your heart was, if I'm never mentored, if God's just my mentor, I'm going to mentor the next generation. That's who you are. Yeah. And it's been fantastic. So if there's one thing you want to share, you say, yeah, here's something I want, I want to leave. I want to leave the listeners of the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast with this. What would it be? You know, I, I chuckled there because you you just you just said it. You know, because for me, I, I ask the questions, 
why, God, why did you put me with this crazy family? God, why did you allow me to experience this? God, I'm, I'm a pretty good kid. Teachers like me. My counselors like me. Why did you give me this life? And so I had a lot of whys um, and a lot of experiences, a lot of tears, a lot of fears, a lot yeah. of frustrations. But then here God rescues me. And um, he's given, and I remember one of my first prayers, God, give me a heart like yours. And mm. I thought it was a simple prayer. Uh, but in fact, it's a very profound prayer uh, because to recognize who God is and how he pursues yeah. humanity yeah. Um, time after time, time after time. And then when you're asking for God's heart like that yeah. and in leadership, you get hurt, um, you get betrayed and there's abandonment yes. and you have to continue to love and show grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. and mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, asking those whys. Um, and also remembering those early prayers, sure. um, because God is faithful. Uh, I say this, you know, that even that, that God uses all things for the good for those who love him. Yes. And so there's moments where I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work for my good. I, I don't know if I could breathe again. I don't know if I can right. love again. But yet, you know, when you hold on to God's word and his promises that all things will work for the good for those who love him, that's you, that's me, that's that's us, you know, um, the kingdom wins. That's right. You know, and so if if anything, I will leave you with that. that In the moment right now that you're asking, why am I going through this? I don't see a way out that God works all things for the good for those who love him. So the goal and the challenge is to love him. And the kingdom always wins. Jose Jimenez, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, everyone, again, you want to connect with him in any way or activate church, check out the show notes. And we'll be having many, many more podcasts in the future with many leaders from throughout the world on how we can be more effective leaders in our generation, how we can learn those little things about leadership that will make a massive difference, not only in our lives, but the lives of those whom we serve. So God bless you, and we look forward to connecting with many of you in the future. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.